Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Happy Friday. I am so happy to be here with my wonderful co-host. Um, this is the After Show for Defending Jacob, the new series on Apple Plus. Episodes one through three drop today, so that's what we will be discussing. I'm Latoya Blakely, your host, and I am joined by my amazing co-host. We're going to start with Kay Montgomery, who has an undergraduate degree in human development and a master's in school counseling. So I think it's fair to say that she will be our resident expert on the human condition and human behavior. Welcome, Kay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to get right into it. This is a good show. It's a really good show. We also have Elgin Ball, who is a huge Chris Evans fan. So he'll be bringing in some extra perspective on Chris Evans. Welcome. Thank you. Yes, I'm a big Chris Evans fan. I'm ex- so excited to watch this show with you guys and talk about more about what's going on. It's a good show and we have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. We're going to be um, breaking down the characters, talking about what it means to be friends and also mm-hmm. secrets. There are a lot of secrets going on in Middlesex County. We're also going to have news and gossip in a special segment um, prediction. So make sure you stay tuned. Watch the entire episode because we have so much to talk about. Before we jump into the topics, give me your overall thoughts. Oh my gosh. Well, we had to do episodes one through three. So it was a lot. My thoughts were on episode one, I was swinging one way about his guilt or innocence. And by the end of episode three, I was like, what? Yeah. It, like, it, it was a roller coaster ride. Definitely. Yeah, I think one of the first things that caught my attention was the musical soundtrack on the show, and the acting is really phenomenal. And I think there's a lot of twists and thrills in this show, so I'm really excited for what's going to happen next. Yeah, I agree with the twist, right? Like, mm-hmm. I I think that I was just a little confused after watching <laughs> all three episodes, because in some places I felt like, okay, Jacob did this. And then in other places mm-hmm. I was like, well... I don't know if Jacob did this. So I'm excited to watch this season and just to see what all we find out. So let's just jump right in. We met a lot of characters. So let's just get started. Um, I think in episode one, we meet the majority of the main characters. We meet Andrew, who's the dad. And we have mom. And help me out with names, both character names and actors' names, if you all have them. Yeah. Go ahead, Kay. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, Mom is Michelle Dockery. That's Lady Mary, if you watch uh, that show. Uh, her name's Lori on the show, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Jacob Barber, played by Jaden Martell. Jacob is the son, so defending Jacob, that's the Jacob. And mm-hmm. Andrew Barber, who is the dad and the ADA, is Chris Evans. So I feel like this show did a really good job of setting characters from the very beginning like we got a good glimpse right of like who everyone was and kind of how they played a part in the relationship um the familial relationship Mm -hmm. and so 
what did you all think about the beginning of episode one and the introduction to the to the Barber family? Ooh, I think they were presented as that regular suburban kind of family. They have everything together. So it was really cool to see how things broke down very quickly when they were presented with a problem such as that, how they were kind of together. And then you kind of see slowly, we haven't seen like, like in full fruition, but like how they kind of distance from each other and how they start disagreeing uh, on views and certain topics with each other. So it was really good to see that. What about you, Kay? Yeah, I thought they were really interesting. You know, just kind of running the middle suburban family. I think the the use of flashback is really good here because it could have been, yes. you know, it could have gotten boring just watching their little beautiful, perfect family. Um, but to see him from the beginning, you know, kind of get in a sticky situation and then flash. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline back to it we were looking for different things so um I thought it was a really interesting especially the relationship between the father and son and for you know they told the little story about remember his bedtime routine you were tucking him in at night and you would ask how much does dad love you and he would say too much I thought that was interesting and really telling mm-hmm. like you know he's kind of a little bit they call him smothers you know, smother mother, but I was like, is he a little bit of a smother dad? So that was interesting, kind of a little tidbit. I didn't even pick up on that. And so that is interesting, but I do disagree with the two of you in terms of like the Mm -hmm. perfect family, because to me, Laurie's character first, well, before I say that, I want to say that they did a really good job of introducing us. And I said that already, but I don't like when people force information down your throat And I feel like they didn't do this. They introduced them in a very like natural way where you could pick up on personality clues. But for me, Lori seems a little like off-putting in her interactions with both her husband and her son in the very beginning. Like she was very much so almost like to do, like very business. And like when Jacob was like, did you get the waffles? She was like, I don't know. Did you put them on the list? If you put them on the list, I got the waffles. And he's like, I don't see the waffles. Where if they're on the list, I got the waffles. And <laughs> even with her husband, when they were talking about, um, maybe it was a travel agent or the friend. And she, the way she approached that conversation was very like, you never listen to me. I tell you these things all the time. And like, you, you never listen to me. So I, to me, I just thought that there were some interesting things going on. Um, oh, that just sounds like suburban family to me. Well, that, that you like a regular to mom. Me. Don't you be know. asking me what stuff is when you ain't looked in the freezer and, you know, you haven't been paying attention to my emails because I'm trying to go on vacation. Like, hey, I'm like, well, that sounds typical to me. I don't know. You would know. I'm a suburban mom. That looks good to me. So moving on from our the, the Barber family, we're also introduced pretty quickly to Lieutenant Pam Duffy, who is working with Andrew in the very beginning when um, this case comes in. We're introduced to Neil, who is also an ADA. And Neil and Andrew have an interesting relationship because it seems as though Andrew was his mentor 
but now they seem very adversarial and we meet um lynn who is the da and we also meet sarah and derek who are the students in school mm-hmm. right yeah um, did you all have any initial impressions of any of those other characters I mean, I just love Sarah from the get-go. You know, we I kinda, you know, we all knew that she was hiding something, but I love when she was going down the stairs in episode one. It felt like Derek was trying to intimidate her. He was like, What did you say? And she was like, I say whatever I want to say. Like, you don't <laughs> tell me what to say. I was like, Yeah, honey, believe black women, come with it. Like, I love that she was not the one to be intimidated by whatever, you know, and even by the in episode three, we still don't know what Sarah and Derek know. Like we still don't really, you know, know. At the very mm-hmm. end, she, you know, calls in, you know, and tells um, D- Duffy something, but we don't exactly know what. Um, but from the from off the top, I immediately liked her uh, character. <clears throat> I didn't like Derek because he seems like he was sneaky and trying to hide things and then trying to intimidate her on top of everything. Um, from the get-go, I wasn't sure about, the, um, about Neil. But then I was like, as time wore on, I was like, well, he did have the knife, so Neil is kind of <laughs> right. So I feel like I'm kind of going back and forth with Neil. Sometimes I'm like, Neil is wrong. But the other times I'm like, Neil is actually on some point. So I don't know. But in the beginning, of course, you know, you hate him. So I don't know. What were you thinking, Elgin? Um, I thought Neil was on some hate and stuff. I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> because he can seem like a hater right off the bat. Um, <laughs> Derek, he the definition of a fake friend because you were playing video games with old dude and then you did the loop around. <laughs> I was like, come on, like for real, like this is what we doing? And Sarah, I, I like her character a lot because she kind of does seem like this vulnerable character, but she has that backbone as well, um, especially with those interactions with Derek and in that first scene uh, with um, the detective and her when she was kind of being asked about certain things. So I like her character a lot too. Um, Duffy, I love her. That's my favorite character. She kind of like has that sassy undertone, like, you ain't even my friend. Like, you let me know who I am. So that was hilarious. And everybody else, I don't know. They didn't really struck me in a way that um, was memorable almost, but we'll see. What about the dad? Um, The victim's dad. The victim's dad? Yeah. Did y'all have any impressions of him? From episode one or just overall? Just overall, overall. yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting when he went up into the room and he, and he was talking to um, he was talking to Andrew and he was like, "Would you do anything for your son?" And Andrew was like, "Yeah, you know, of course." And this was before mm-hmm. there was any suspicion on Jacob at all. And that was it. He just asked him that question I thought was really weird. I thought he was going to follow up and say, well, that's how I feel about my son. So I want you to do everything you can to find his killer. But he didn't. I thought that was really weird. I was like, why would he just stop the conversation like that? Was he trying to catch him in something? Or I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting. I feel like there have been a few moments throughout the show so far that I felt were a little weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the tone of the show takes, like, interesting turns and twists. And maybe it's because I just finished um, Brooklyn Prince. Um, and, oh, uh, I don't remember the name of the show. My memory's so bad. But it, but it was also the true crime show. 
Okay. And so I just okay. came off of a crime show and and this one just feels like it it has lots of cliffhangers. Even with like the secrets, like they'll introduce mm -hmm. the idea of a secret, but like take a while to actually expose what the secret is. Right. So I don't know. I just think that's interesting. And you all have both brought up both of our next topics, um, secrets <laughs> and friends, <laughs> which is running rampant throughout this show. But before we move on, I just want to take a moment to thank our listeners and our viewers for watching. We could not do this without you. I know that I personally love showing up to talk about these amazing shows. And I'm sure that Kay and Elgin love being here as well. So we ask you to keep tuning in. You can listen to us. You can watch us. Leave comments. We like to read and respond. And also like us and give us five stars and whatever other positive things you can do for us. So thank you for joining in. That takes us to what does it mean to be a friend? Elgin, I want you to start and I want you to tell me what that means to you. Like, what does a friend to you look like? Oh man, this is this is a hard way to get into. Uh, I feel like there's different levels of friends, but the one that I like is on top of like surface level friendship. And that's the one where you actually get to know the person, you have a rapport that's passed, just saying hi and bye. Um, and I think attributes of that is loyalty, uh, vulnerability, and communication. So I think it's all those attributes mixed up into one. And it's definitely not like we playing video games one day and I try to talk to you the next day and you ignore me with a whole group of people. So. Well, what about a <laughs> And low-key accuse me of murder. Like, right. Oh yeah, not even low-key. Yeah, um, yeah, not even low-key, true. But what about work friends? Like what elevates uh, a friend at work mm -hmm. to like a friend that you know from work? Because those are two different things, right? Like I have work friends, people I talk to at work. Mm -hmm. But then I have like friends who I met at work, but like now they're part of my regular life. Yeah, I think that's kind of like a transition that you kind of move past that boundary of like work relationship into like an actual friendship. And I think that involves like them knowing what you do outside of work. You guys spend time with each other. And there's like that sort of space of vulnerability to where you guys can actually connect and communicate with each other. And I think there's an aspect of um, intimacy with that as well. I think sometimes people think intimacy is just solely tied to um, relational aspect of being a partner with someone. But I think that um, is in terms of being friends as well. So I think you really need to cultivate that type of space uh, as well outside of work. And I think that's what elevates being a friend at work, uh, whereas it's a friend from work. So, okay, what did you think about Lieutenant Duffy when she told Andrew, like, no, we're not friends? <laughs> when she kicked that, I was like, wow. Because I was thinking, well, first of all, I was thinking he's putting her in a difficult position. And she seems like a cop that's on the up and up. You know, I was like, she is an honest, because she's not like a dirty cop. So mm -hmm. it was a, a tough ask for them to come to her like that. But when she was like, wait, we're not friends. We don't know their relationship, right? <laughs> so we're assuming they're friends. I'm like, they oh, we're right. friends. Yeah. And she's like, we're not friends. And I'm like, y'all not friends? And she's like, I have never even been to your house until I had to come and serve you papers. You know Ooh. what I mean? I was like, what? That ain't a friend, bro. If she has never been to your house, oh. that's not a friend. So I had to be on her side for that. I was like, yeah, she doesn't owe him anything because he's nothing but a partner. He's a guy, you know, he's a dude that she works with. And all of a sudden now that he needs something from her, he wants to fall back on we're friends. I don't know how much of that was him being manipulative 
or, you know, maybe he doesn't have a lot of close friends, which I think we are kind of starting to see that he doesn't have a lot of close friends. Um, uh, yeah, so I was just like, wow. And it was really difficult to see him um, lose those connections at work when she basically put him on leave and told him he was off the case and, told, you know, and he was like, I'm not probably going to be talking to you anymore, talking to you anymore. It was just like, wow, that's his whole social circle is probably people at work because you didn't see him reaching out to anybody else. They didn't, you know, he didn't know any parents in the neighborhood to talk to. So I was just like, oh, this is going to be tough for him because he really doesn't have any friends to lean on. That's what it seemed like anyway. Right. So I just remember the name of the show that I just covered, Truth Be Told, um, <laughs> on Apple Plus as well. And oh. they, so friends, right? And so Truth Be Told follows a like nine-year-old girl and she has an older sister and a younger sister. So we see a lot of them at school and a lot of the friendships that they have at school. What I think is interesting about defending Jacob is even at school, like it's hard to tell who, like who is a friend of who. Like they all seem to know each other, but like I haven't seen where actual friendships have like shown themselves yet. And mm -hmm. Elgin, I think it was you that talked about Derek being a friend of Jacob. And then we have the victim who is Benjamin Rifkin. Mm -hmm. And like, we don't, I just thought it was so interesting that when they interviewed these kids, there wasn't one person that was like a friend of his that said like, mm -hmm. we hung out every day and he was friends with these people and he was having these problems. What do you all think about that? And just the way these kids are being portrayed with like lack of close friendships. That seemed really interesting and pretty typical of like middle school. And also because I've, I've worked in a middle school before, but also really typical of a bully. Um, because if he really was a bully, a bully doesn't typically have a lot of friends. You know, they can have like mm -hmm. hanger ons and people will laugh at their jokes and people will, you know what I mean? Like big up things they do, but they won't actually have really hardcore friends. Sometimes they'll have a crony or two, but um, but usually it's difficult for kids like that to have friends. You know, that's why they're mm -hmm. lashing out or whatever. So I thought that was really interesting. It was funny how... Um, Andrew said, these kids are worse than mafiosos. <laughs> and I was like, are they hiding something? Or do they just not really have any information to give? Or they think the information that they have to give isn't really, you know, is it really important? I think in the case, of course, of Derek and Sarah, we see that they're not telling anything. But that is really interesting. And I thought interesting also that Jacob doesn't really have a ton of friends, right? I mean, he has his one fake friend, Derek. Um, and then his dad talked about another friend, you know, episode three, Elgin. I'm just going to call him Um, But, you know, as a bully kid, he doesn't seem to have a lot of friends either, you know? So, sad. It is sad. I mean, I thought it was interesting that Derek was FaceTiming Sarah. Mm -hmm. Like, it almost seemed, and he called her like they were friends. Like he called her like there was nothing wrong. And Sarah was kind of like, oh, I got homework to do. Like, I can't talk. She's like, boop. Right? <laughs> so I think it's interesting that in, in my perspective, those are the two that are closest to having a friendship. But we see at the same time that there's something that's happened between them that's kind of, mm -hmm. you know, pushing them apart. Um, Definitely tension. What about Sarah and Jacob? Because I feel like they did. I feel like they kind of are friends. Like I've seen little like bits and pieces of that uh, where she was like, maybe we should talk later. Because I feel like she's put in a predicament 
world. I think it's like a group thing. That's like my little theory. But I feel like mm. Derek was that little crony. And she's kind of like a follower in a pack. And she's like trying to decide, you know, what's right. That's kind of like the vibe that I got. But I definitely feel like Jacob, yeah, really didn't have a lot of friends. And if he did, those people in that specific group probably was his friends or, or some weird relationship like that. I, I think it was interesting, too, that um, he was calling out a lot of the kids for hypocrisy. That's a real, you know, adolescents love to do that because they're just now realizing that not everything is what it's cracked up to be, right? Um, and talking about the whole catcher in the rye idea, that's one of the themes of catcher in the rye. Holden Caulfield, like all through the book, his favorite word is phonies. Everybody's phonies. People are phonies. Grownups are phonies. And so for Jacob to glom onto that and be like, that was really, you know, the only part of the book I like because everybody's acting like they were best friends with this kid when actually, you know, nobody really knew him that well or liked him. But now since he's dead, you know, he's this martyr kind of a figure. So I thought that was really interesting too for him to um, be calling out other kids. That ain't gonna make you no friends either. Like, you know? (laughs) When I watch shows like this, they're so on trend with like what's happening right now. And it just makes me feel so old and out of touch. And so when they had the school lockdown, like the first thing I thought was, thank God the worst that we had to deal with were like bomb threats, which were still bad. But they would take us out to the football field. We would stay out there for 30 minutes and then go back to class. <laughs> but, you know, they do this lockdown and then every kid's on a cell phone. When I was in high school, we couldn't have phones at school. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just so on topic with, like, social media and how they're, like, commenting, which is how we found out about Jacob and the Knife in the first place. And, like, FaceTiming. And then Sarah's, like, doing a YouTube video, I guess, where she's, like, playing the guitar. And I'm mm-hmm. like, times have changed. And I guess I've been um, under a rock. I don't know. (laughs) But it's just interesting to see how this really is life, you know? And for, like, kids in school right now, like, I'm sure that they watch this and they identify 110% because it's probably not that different from the things that they see every day. Mm -hmm. Just a thought. Um, Yeah. No, that's really good. I have a teenager and I have a 12-year-old, and that's it. That's pretty accurate. You should add that to your um, resume. Human development. (laughs) Mom, put mom on my resume. (laughs) Mom of two. um, (laughs) But then we get to the adult relationships. And we kind of talked about Andrew, and it seems as though his relationships are his work relationships. Um, We know that Laurie works as well and seems to have a relationship with the people that she works with. But we're also introduced to Toby, who's her best friend. and who we get to see, I see you, Kay, you can hop in, but we see her in a supportive role first, right? Is she supportive? No, okay. First, That's yeah, a first, first, first. And then <laughs> she comes over to the house. Kay, what do you think about that? Followed by- I was just there. saying, I'm going to name the show Fake Friends. Fake Friends, like. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, listen, I don't know if she's a fake friend, she's a fair weather friend. She's a mm-hmm. friend who's down for you and everything's going great right but then when things aren't going so good then she got to stand by her man she's stand by her bad friend so she chose her man over you i mean i don't yeah, know well. maybe, we don't know jacob you guys maybe jacob is creepy well Here, here's what i'm gonna be honest with that. you on 100 hold on i think you should say that because i feel like that goes into okay. like our next thing okay okay <laughs> yeah but that was that was mad disrespectful when she 
<sighs> yeah. And you feel like that might be Lori's only friend. I mean, that's her best friend, right? right. You don't have a lot of best friends by the time you're grown up. So to have your best friend kick you to the curb. That's, that's what she blow. needs her the most. Ooh. Right? Right? Like, LJ, tell us. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you got to stick by your husband because that that's, you know, the that's, you know, the marriage that, you know, you got to take care of that first and get that together before you try to deal with your friends. But, like, don't drop off a meal and then say you can't just, you know, you cut off all contact. Like, just, just say what you got to say over the phone. Don't even come. Um, but, yeah, that, that was kind of foul. That, that hit a little different for me. Oh no! And maybe because that happened so fast, like we had only seen a little yeah, bit too. Of, of, mm-hmm. of Toby, and then like we see her being super supportive. You know, Andrew shows up at the house. Where's he goes straight to her? Where's my wife? She knows. And then the next time we see her, she's like, "Up, oh, I can't be friends with you no more." Mm. I'm like, "What are mm. you mad at?" <laughs> but could you see Ben's dad now? Ben's dad is not a game. Okay, first of all. He came through the woods like you're off the case, bleep, 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 right. and that. So I can see, I would be like Ben's dad. I would be like, if anybody is not on team Ben, if any of y'all think this kid is innocent and I know he murdered my son, I don't want nothing to do with none of y'all. I don't know. That ben, is how I would be on a hundred. Ben's dad like had crazy eyes. I'm like, we may find out some <laughs> stuff about Ben's dad. He did. He did. He was creepy. He was creepy. <laughs> He was about yeah, to pop off. He was, I thought he was the police captain taking, like, you off the case. Like, what yeah. the fuck are you Like, who was you? I did, too. At first, I thought he was a police captain. I was like, there is no way. Once they got back to the place and he basically lost his job and they told him we found the fingerprints on the hoodie, I was like, there's no way the dad knew that there were fingerprints on the hoodie at that time. Right. He just thought he was moving slow. If the dad would have known that his kid's fingerprints were on the hoodie, he probably would have went and choked uh, Andrew out. Like, he was, yeah. That's a really good point. I do wonder, I feel like I need to go back and watch it and see what was mm-hmm. known for the dad to Before go out that. in the woods and react that way. And y'all, I just have to say this. Um, as an attorney who does criminal defense, I've never seen a prosecutor run an investigation the way- Okay, that's what my husband and I were saying. We were like, <laughs> how much, how is he spread out? Got bloody pictures of the boy on the thing. He going to talk to people. I'm like, how that okay thank you we need a real lawyer right I was like and I feel like they do this on tv a lot like even with like SVU and I'm like I've never seen a prosecutor ever work that closely I thought that is what it is okay (laughs) and I was like Latoya's gonna know this she's a lawyer she's gonna know okay not at all like and then at the station when they were like I want you he was like I want you to question him again and they were like you're the boss I was like, uh, not? <laughs> like, no, he's not. not today. <laughs> Actually, he's not the boss. Anyway, so that takes us to secrets, y'all. There are so many secrets in this show. Oh. Starting with Andy. So we start getting flash. <laughs> we start getting flashbacks of this tattoo. Maybe the tattoo belongs to the dad. I'm not sure if they... Right, it's the dad's dad. tattoo. Okay, mm-hmm. so we, we start getting flashbacks of the tattoo. We know that there's something in his past. And then he tells his wife that there's a secret, but we don't hear the secret, right? So here's like that mm-hmm. carrot that they're dangling. And now they're it's in the attorney's office. Time. And there's another mention of the secret. And I'm like, are they going to tell us the secret? Or are we going to have to wait until <laughs> the end of the show? to right. like, <laughs> So we find out that his dad is in prison for killing some girl. Which, which I mean, 
Was it a bit? I mean, for listen, listen, listen. Let me just say. Yes. They were so upset with him. I was like, I don't think it's that big for y'all to be upset. It really wasn't that serious. Not big enough for Jacob to be on set or upset. You lied about him bullying you. You lied about finding his bloody dead body. And now you want to be mad at me for something? I'm like, oh, he pulling a typical bait and switch kid move with you. Because kids can kiss and be manipulators. I was like, he's totally manipulating you. Like, there's no way he's that upset about that secret. It's not Actually, that serious. I don't know. Did you guys think the secret was that big? I didn't think I can understand Jacob being upset more than Lori. Because at least Jacob, there's now this murder gene, right? And so mm-hmm. I can see him saying... Like, maybe this is in my DNA. Like, maybe this is who I am, or at least that's what the public are going to think. But the wife, I was like, yo. Like, (laughs) this is what he's been telling everyone his whole entire life. Like, calm down, baby. Also, have you seen his face? You married Chris Evans. I don't care. He could have been a murderer. Really? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Elgin, did you think it was a big deal, the secret? How did you feel about it? Oh, man. Well, the kid wasn't even alive by the time his dad did all this. So I don't know why Jacob is kind of mad about that. But I could kind of see a little bit why Lori is because that's like your wife. Maybe she, she should know that. But at the same time, it's in the past. It really doesn't have any physical effect. Um, the relationship, but I guess it kind of does now because all of it's about to come out. But I don't know, really. Elton, you got a girlfriend? Because I probably got somebody I can introduce you to. I'm like, he's just on it with this. <laughs> hey, I think, you know, it's about time to get married for me. <laughs> Like, I'm only 22, but I'm ready for the marriage. Oh, like, I'm like, you wow. y'all. I'm gonna keep my eyes open because you sound like you got it together. Um, <laughs> so, Andrew has a secret. And then we see Lori has a flashback and her flashback is to little Jacob at the bowling alley about to like smash a kid's head with a bowling ball. Yo. Okay. Okay. Really? Really? Not a deal? It's not that serious, you guys. He was going to drop the bowling ball on the kid's head. He was like seven. Like, that's like, t- I mean, I don't even say that typical behavior, but that's not like uh-huh. crazy kid. Like, like crazy psychopath behavior is like <laughs> abusing dogs, and animals, and like killing stuff. Not like hurting another kid. Like plenty of kids um, hurt other kids and grow up to be fine individuals. <laughs> he was just thinking like, he didn't even do it. Like, was that's he just teasing the kid? Him. Was he going to be like, look at this, ha, ha, ha. Or like, I don't know. It just feels like it wasn't sneaky. You know what I mean? It just seemed like something like you didn't really think about the effects of it. Because that's what kids do. They don't think about the effects. Even now, we know with the adolescent, with a kid that's 14 years old, his prefrontal cortex isn't developed all the way. That's where all your decision making is happening. Okay. So when he, he goes to the body and he doesn't flip it, I was like, oh, that's his prefrontal cortex. Like, he just didn't think it through. His decision-making process isn't good, right? So, like, that whole thing, back that up, you know, seven years to when he's, like, seven? He's not thinking through this is going to smash this kid's head open. Like, I, I wasn't thinking anything bad about that. I don't know. Okay. I was like, uh, she's overreacting a little bit, in my opinion. But. I'm going to say that Kay is team Andrew. I am definitely team Lori, and I I, I separate these teams when they're in the doctor's office, and Lori is talking about all these things that Jacob did. She did have some good points. Right? 
First of yeah. all, a bowling ball, I'm pretty sure it could be considered a deadly weapon. That's the first thing. And that would have yeah, been true. LJ, I just said, we, we got to move on. But I just want to know, are you team Andrew or are you team Lori? Uh, y'all can't do that to me. I'm team Jacob. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Okay. So you down with the murderer. Okay, got it. <laughs> okay, you helped him become a murderer. You think right. So you guys know probably the most famous um, a group of wrongly convicted people accused um, in prison the whole nine, but later um, they were found to be innocent were the Central Park Five, which now we refer to them as the Exonerated Five, right? So although their DNA didn't match the crime scene, their semen didn't match the crime scene, they were all convicted anywhere from five to 15 years. They were all adolescents. One got tried as an adult, you know, that was 16 years old. And then later after, you know, some of them had finished completely serving their sentences in 2001, a guy came out and said, hey, it was really me. His DNA ended up matching. But guess what? He didn't get punished because the statute of limitations had already passed for that guy. And he was a serial uh, rapist and a murderer. And he was already on death row. Um, so they got their sentences or their convictions vacated in 2002. Um, so I just wanted to cover that for special segment. I'm going to be doing that piece every episode just to remind us that like it really is innocent until proven guilty. And just to talk about some people who were innocent that were convicted. Yeah, that was great. Um, Elgin, that news. Um, you know, get ready for Mo to come. <laughs> And it is what it is. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I have a little piece of news. Okay. Thank you, Kay. Thank you, Do you guys ever follow? <laughs> there's a, there's a, a meme account uh, called Black and Blurdy, um, a girl called mm-hmm. Al Mansier. She follows, um, she calls him Captain Acrylica. I don't know if you guys have ever seen her memes that she does Captain America and he has acrylic nails on and sometimes he'll have on a bonnet. But so anyway, she follows Chris Evans and she edits all pictures of him and makes him have on a bonnet with acrylic nails. And um, he loves them. He thinks they're hilarious. He's talked about them in interviews. So for defending Jacob, she's made him a bonnet and nails in a couple of shots. Um, I reposted one on my uh, Twitter, which is him and um, his officer, the partner. What's her her name? I can't think of her name right now. Duffy. Him and Duffy. Duffy has on like a bonnet and he has on a bonnet with nails. It's hilarious. You guys hit up my Twitter if you want to see it. Really funny stuff. We have like 45 seconds left for predictions. Elgin, take us. What do you think? Um, Neil, the actual killer. That's my prediction. Neil. Mm -hmm. Pat. The suspect. The original suspect. Right. Oh no, his his uh little rival. Oh, oh the ADA, the other ADA. Yeah. Got it, yeah. got it, got it. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's all right. Okay, what you think? <laughs> I think it's the creepy guy. I think it's got to be the creepy guy. I mm-hmm. really hope that somebody sees something with him when Chris goes through his file. I hope he finds something. I, I do agree with you, Kay. I think there's something else there at the end when he's in that diner and he's looking at all those pictures that he has of his kid and he deletes yes. them, right? It may oh, be too obvious know. if it is him. Like maybe it's someone that we haven't even been introduced to yet, but there's mm-hmm. definitely something strange and not okay about, mm-hmm. I think his name is Pat. Is yeah, he's and he's looking at another young guy he works with now. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. That, oh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, in his defense, you know, like he said, he's never hurt anyone. As of now, he is not a killer. He is a sex offender. Those are 
He is my suspect number one. <laughs> um, that's all the time that we have. So please tell our viewers where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at host K H O S T K A Y. And you guys can find me on Instagram at Elgin underscore 22 and on Twitter at Elgin underscore ball. And I am Latoya Blakely. I'm on Instagram, Latoya Period Blakely, Twitter, Blakely Latoya. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you all next Friday. I'm pretty sure my co-hosts are on other shows. Um, so are y'all on other shows right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You want to yep. tell us real quick? Yeah, I got uh, Beastie Boys tonight. Oh, sorry. Hey. Go ahead. Oh, now you get it. I, I love Hip Hop Atlanta. Awesome. And I have Beastie Boys tonight. That's and Council of Dads next week. Check them out. And until then, buzz you later. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.